IEEE Jalip University Student Branch presents Pass the Mic. So welcome to this episode of Pass the Mic 2.0. Today we have with us Bindita Di who is someone from the up and coming field of augmented reality or virtual reality. Needless to say there have been a lot of questions that people have wanted to ask you. So we have compiled a series of them and hopefully you would enjoy answering them as well. Diving into the first one Uh, Bindita Di, you are an alum of JUETC and you are currently working as a research scientist at Reality Labs at Facebook. So instead of doing a bad job of paraphrasing, we would like to ask you, Bindita Di, about your journey from Prayukti Bhavan to the gates of University of Washington and finally working for some of the biggest names in the industry. Okay, um, uh, sure. Uh, happy to talk to uh, everyone today about uh, my journey. So uh, when I uh, joined Jadhopur, um, uh, deciding on electronics and telecommunication was kind of uh, not like well thought of. It was just based on my rank. Uh, that's uh, what the top rankers used to choose at that time. So I just went with the flow and chose electronics and telecom. And then uh, while studying there uh, during my third year, um, my parents wanted to uh, maybe to try out uh, MBA after graduation. So I was taking classes for that, but that didn't quite uh, um, interest me much. Like the gr- group discussion and interview portion, uh, I didn't think that uh, I was made out for that. Um, so I went back to the academic section. I was doing pr- pretty well, so I thought maybe I'll just do masters and uh, go in the industry because. going into the industry was kind of my choice from the very beginning either after just bachelor's or masters or whatever so that's what i focused on in my final year i practiced uh, prepared for gate and then got in uh, the whatever rank um, and then i had two choices one to go for uh, vlsi at iit kgb and then um, communication and signal processing at iit bombay I went for IIT Bombay because at that time people were saying that digital circus is kind of uh, uh, very saturated um, now or even in the future it will be saturated at one point whereas signal processing has far broader prospect and in case I want to go into PhD uh, later on IIT Bombay is a better option for that because they have outreach and everything so then i went on to do my masters in communication there um, and uh, while studying there i chose more of the signal processing subjects uh, which made me choose a masters thesis in an image processing topic uh, with a professor and um, that uh, because of that uh, project i got to know about some computer vision subject like computer science subjects i took classes with that department on computer vision and machine learning and all those and that interested me a lot so going forward i wanted to do my phd in that area so that's what i applied um for my phd in most of the universities i was applying for electronics and com- computer science like the joint departments but only at university of washington those two departments were separate and some uh, luckily because of my advisor pushed me so i got into the computer science department so that made me switch to this side and then i took some more courses uh, in my phd and everything and uh, my research area completely became computer vision computer graphics and machine learning 
and uh, after whatever I do, did my research, uh, at that point of time, my advisor had a student who was working on this uh, 3D face reconstruction and facial animation. And in general, animation has always excited me. So I decided to take up that project. And then I worked more and more on different uh, aspects of those projects and everything. And I did some uh, internships also uh, on th that project or related project, which helped me go into this industry uh, further during my full-time position that background helped me a lot in understanding how um, the research in industry works and then I was quite sure of uh, what I want to do after graduation and I applied to most of the top tech companies uh, and uh, the Facebook offer um, was pretty good so I chose there and now I'm working here that's it mm -hmm. so right now you're working at meta in this field of uh, augmented reality and virtual reality uh, how would you describe your experience working in this up-and-coming field at a company like Meta? Sure. Um, so when I joined particularly, um, they have been working on this for uh, quite a few years. But uh, I was not sure. I mean, we didn't know about whether it would be Meta or something like uh, before the connect um, a few months ago, we, uh, even internally, we didn't know that this switch was going to happen or uh, stuff like that. But um, generally, uh, most of the teams what we are working on, uh, we, we were not particularly working on the, the metaverse. We were working on algorithms that can go into any of the product, like even the Facebook app or Instagram app or stuff, stuff like that, like 3D photos or um, face filters and anything to do with faces. So that's what my research area and my work is in general. So that's what we were working on. But when we came to know about that, the, they are actually uh, like uh, pushing for, for this metaverse and everything it was even more exciting because um, uh, I mean uh, particularly looking at how they projected uh, at Connect like whatever they are, their vision is for the next 10 years like um, living the world in a 3D space instead of 2D, communicating with each other, not through screens, but through the physical space and everything. That's uh, very exciting. And I'm definitely looking forward to how um, I can contribute to making that dream come true. Hmm. So um, what are some of the applications of the augmented reality or virtual reality, which you are really excited about in the near future? Sure. Um, so I am particularly working on the augmented reality glasses uh, and uh, one of the applications of the glasses would be um, the video call communication. So one, what we do now is through this uh, laptop web camera or phone web camera and we see it on the screen, which is very constrained, uh, particularly on the mobile phone. You see only that small version, um, version of whoever you're talking to. But um, with AR glasses, you would be able to see that, that person in front of you uh, or sitting beside you or anywhere you want to place that person. And we'll, we'll be talking about, uh, with each other as if we are in the same room or same space. That is what is most exciting for me because currently among the... You know, uh, like meta products i probably use whatsapp the most and uh, video calls with my parents uh, back at home so if that video call can be like a live 3d version that would be very exciting and i'm definitely looking forward to that the most and i'm happy that i'm working also on that particular product and in terms of vr i think um, uh, i guess the most exciting application for me is travel 
like um uh, of course the it won't be like as good as actually going to a particular place but it would be closest to that even if like suppose everyone cannot climb the himalayas but if in vr you can like uh be placed on top of mount everest and see it from that point viewpoint and everything and feel like you are actually standing on top of that that would be very cool so traveling like virtual travel is probably the best uh, application of vr i can think of but definitely other than that entertainment like games and um whatever like there are fitness apps also there um all of them are pretty useful i would say all of this definitely sounds extremely exciting so um how would you describe the metaverse and the future that it holds with the art- artificial reality and virtual reality technology in the background so um the metaverse i would say like by definition it is just beyond universe so beyond like whatever uh, the world we are staying on um, which is constrained with um these screens and uh, like looking uh, communicating in 2d or um, having to um so travel like um, those kind of things like actually doing stuff in order to experience it instead of uh, experiencing it anywhere in the world um so um that's what is mostly i mean among the different applications i guess uh, metaverse like the usefulness of metaverse will be different for different people like as i was saying communication would be the most important application for me and maybe i'm not interested in video games or something but some people are interested in that so that would be the best use case of that so i uh, the mo- best thing about it is there will be s- several applications uh, at least one of which will be useful to everyone here so um that's what it is uh, mostly about and um i mean uh, in the initial versions will probably have some limitations but uh, that's what we'll be working on making it more and more um suitable for every kind of person and then uh, accessible to all kinds of people um uh, easily and then user friendly as well uh, not uh, like very cumbersome to use like you have don't have to set up a lot of things and stuff like that you can just put on glasses or uh, whatever appliances they are working on and then uh, go on doing your everyday job but also uh, do the same thing like there will be a seamless tran- uh, transition between your uh real world and that virtual world is what we are uh, planning to do and there will be um like both of them will coexist and you can switch from one to another and um things like that uh, pretty easily that's um what is metaverse uh, for me but bindata the a lot is in question with the advancing technology and its consequences on privacy matters when it comes to the work that facebook has been doing over the past few years so if you could shed some light on the same as you know it sure and uh, so uh, after joining the company i uh, got to know about a lot of privacy teams who are working on these kind of different issues um, there are privacy teams for each of the apps separately and then within the apps also for on different topics like uh, age dependent topics um uh, there in uh, i mean uh, apart from privacy there are certain issues where there could be like some um, uh, religious issues or something which is being posted online and that is harming some community or something so those kind of 
um, posts need to be restrained or uh, banned also so th those kind of things are pretty well handled by all those teams uh, I mean there are uh, glitches somewhere here and there uh, because everything is software development so um, any bug in the software development um, may happen or something or but uh, when it's in development in process there are bound to be some uh, issues but uh, there are several teams working actively on them and addressing is as soon as soon as possible there's a feedback um, uh, team internal feedback team and external feedback team who are constantly taking feedbacks from everything and then uh, all the um, uh, like apps or features when they publish they publish it internally first to make it um, check it through like employees uh, first and then everyone gives our feedback and they improve upon it and before making it public so they make sure that at least internally people approve it before making it public also so those uh, definitely these um, efforts are being going on uh, in terms of um, the internal teams uh, and uh, I would say um, th that's what uh, like uh, Mark also. So we have like um, an internal like bi-weekly meeting with Mark, Q&A with Mark. And then he um, says, uh, addresses these issues. And that's what he also says about these privacy issues that um, there may be glitches, but we take feedback and we constant constantly work on those topics to improve further in the future. So over the past 10 years, Vindita Didi, that you have been in STEM, how has the scenario changed for women in the field of science and engineering? Does it still continue to be a male bastion or has it become more accepting? Yeah, so um, I have a, a particularly maybe like a non unusual take on this topic because uh, when uh, all the while I have been in the STEM field like undergraduation or uh, master's or PhD, I haven't seen any uh, bias towards women as such, uh, uh, like with particularly with me or with anyone else. Um, and that's what and uh, definitely more um, in the USA. I haven't been in the job field in back in India. So I'm not sure maybe some people uh, may uh, face some bias or something in the job situation there back there. But I didn't face anything back in uh, here in USA, like during my internships or um, here. So what I would say is um, like I was listening to a podcast um, some time ago about uh, this gender gap and everything. And uh, he was saying that Sweden, which is uh, probably the most gender neutral country, when uh, they were given uh, options of like uh, uh, any field to choose from, uh, the number of women choosing STEM field actually decreased instead of increasing. So I think uh, the issues what currently is remaining is that um, probably many women are not choosing to uh, uh, take up the STEM fields instead of them not being allowed to take two, uh, two STEM fields. I mean, maybe there is, maybe there are some like, uh, parents or relatives who don't encourage their daughters to choose STEM fields, but then that is like um, they. Um, I mean, uh, to address that issue, probably the people's mentality should change. But other than that, like opportunities-wise, I think uh, they are given definitely those opportunities. It's are now up to the women to be brave enough to choose the STEM fields. 
and uh, i guess uh, some people also make the thing that uh, maybe women don't have enough role models to look up to when they choose stem fields like uh, they only see men around in the industry or people um, everywhere and then they feel intimidated and stuff um uh, but for that i would say that even if there are one or two people uh, two women you see in that field that should be um enough for you to look up as role models and be brave enough to go into that field and um what i w- i think that in particularly industry or anywhere in general like um uh, uh, currently my team is looking for interns and full time uh, employees um uh, back here and we are when we get the applications we don't uh, do check their genders like we just get their names and their resumes and whatever they have done and we solely be, um, judge them based on their their profile and their work so uh, there is no like gender bias going on while we are hiring and um, ultimately like all the industries particularly or everywhere like every sector wants to do the best like um, here meta wants to develop the best products and so to develop the best things they need the best developers and for the best developers uh, i do, if a woman uh, profile is better than a man, uh, guy's profile then there's no reason they would not choose the woman over the man uh, i don't see think that there there's that bias uh, going on here people are just chosen based on their um, capabilities and their profiles and everything so uh, and i'm not sure if um, it improved over the years or i mean it was worse before or not but as long as i have been in the field i've always seen this happening and i've not seen much of the, any gender bias anywhere it's quite positive to hear that your experience in stem has not been riddled with gender discrimination but you have worked in multiple companies based out of silicon valley which is said to have structural biases against women for a long time quite recently in fact the former ceo of pinterest came forward to address this issue of sexism so the question here is twofold how do you think the imbalance in leading tech companies can be rectified sure um so um i would say that uh, yeah i mean on uh, every now and then i do hear about uh, these issues coming up and then definitely like uh, uh, at meta the chief operating officer um, is a woman Cheryl and she is very uh, vocal about this gender equality and support and everything she keeps posting about that um and uh, i would say that um, uh, the main issues may mostly go back to uh, having more like role models in this and uh, by that i mean that probably the ones the women who have Uh, who are in like these top positions and everything they can conduct maybe some mentoring sessions uh, like uh, o- over all co- not just within the company but uh, outside the company as well uh, so that um, uh, like people from maybe different companies women working in different companies then come up to that um, uh, webinar or something and then ask questions to that person about uh, their journey and everything and then feel empowered and uh, other than that it would be um, to have some so uh, like particularly um, uh, at meta there is a diversity and inclusion 
team also who are actively looking uh, on these issues like if someone complains about some gender bias or something they look into that issue and tries to resolve it and stuff like that um and uh, when we are um, choosing a particular candidate uh, there are at least 7 to 8 people involved um in this choose, um, choice so whenever if someone gives a feedback of something to do with gender then definitely the other person calls him or her out on that that no you can't judge that person based on gender and you have to judge based on other uh, attributes and something so i think if if that is happening somewhere then the other people should call that person out or call that uh, particular issue out and um there could be some um motivational um seminars or something by uh, the top leader top women leaders on a wider basis rather than within the company itself um and yeah other than that it's just an a uh, conscious effort on by the like all the employees to not um bias based on gender i would say is what will help in the future so relating to the same there is another question Do you think at the moment enough is being done to deal with the sexism in workplace and if not what would you suggest to improve this scenario of sexism in the workplace Um yes uh, as i was saying like uh, since i never faced it myself or i have never seen any uh, of my colleagues like female colleagues being biased based on gender um uh, i can't uh, particularly say about um, any falls in the current system but as i replied in the previous answers uh, everyone should make a conscious ef- effort on not b- biasing based on gender and thinking thinking about the long term picture like everywhere i uh, say suppose in the university like taking p- while taking phd candidates uh, ultimately the goal of the university is to do quality research and um, uh, do pro- production and so like uh if a f- f- woman candidate fits that role uh, there is uh, based on her profile and everything there, there should be no judgment based on her gender and everything so basically like everyone should be judged based on their resume and nothing to do with the gender um the conscious efforts and um otherwise uh and just encouraging more women to take up these um, roles and be brave enough to follow even uh, if there are fewer role models um just to follow them and uh, take the opportunity um try it out at least before giving up or um before choosing some other field definitely your ideas stand on a very rational point and we have a lot to learn from them So um right now do you have any suggestions for students who want to opt for research as a career Yes uh, I would say that um uh, you, you definitely need to love uh, doing research in order to take up PhD like um here i have seen several people who joined the phd they gave up after like 2 years and just took a masters degree and left the university because research is not uh, for them so uh, like uh, if um, i i would say that uh, even if you're not sure about research in your undergrad maybe try out uh, one or two research projects during your undergrad with us like in their third or fourth year with a professor and see if that interests you like if what 
working on a new problem interests you if that interests you then um, you can um, so there are some people who directly come for a masters and phd combined masters phd after uh, bachelors that is definitely an option but i would say for me particularly after uh, bachelors i was not quite sure uh, of any research topic for me and that i was sure more after doing the masters because like after bachelors i was more interested in digital circuits and everything and now i'm working in computer science which is very different so and that clarity came while doing the masters on like the, those specific topics and everything um so uh, yeah i guess uh, particularly uh, in jadavpur since the uh, curriculum is pretty fixed like everyone uh, takes the same uh, topics and uh, same courses and everything uh, uh, maybe there is uh, if the if there is a possibility that the curriculum is a little bit flexible in the later years particularly in the fourth year where people are you know, free to choose one or two subjects from other departments like explore computer science subjects or explore um some other department subjects um that would be great um so that is one thing i w- um would like uh, to change in the etc curriculum so that people are more aware of what they want to do in the future like uh, go in the computer science direction or some other direction there are some people who take up like physics research also or maths research after um going from etc so that op- those options like um having taking those courses and uh, finding uh, doing some a uh, couple of projects in those courses and finding out if that interests you to do delve further is uh, very important and then if you do uh, if you do the that project if it excites you doing something new working on that uh, to do the research then also uh, i guess you have to make up your mind pretty much that um yeah, like going into phd it is uh an on an average of 5 year thing so you have to be determined for 5 years um and there will be definitely ups and downs uh, and in general people say that there are more downs than ups um so you have to be ready uh, with that also like coming uh, for me uh, uh, my bachelor's and masters have been mostly the topper most of the time but then after coming here my i was not doing well in the courses and my papers were getting uh, rejected one or two times in the initial years uh, so that was very disheartening Uh, but i just had to um like believe in myself and keep pushing and stuff like that and there are some students who uh, there will be like some of your colleagues who will do very well they will have like four publications in a year or something but there will be um some people who will have no publications in maybe three years as well like um i have all these types of colleagues who are super well achieving or underachieving as well uh so there will uh, i mean uh, one of the thing it's easier said than done but um you should ideally not compare yourself with anyone and just uh, believe in yourself uh, do what most excites you most like maybe working on a particular project for 2 years is still fine for you then it's fine like don't have to worry about no others are moving more far faster than myself or something like that um is just like uh, going to research if it uh, makes you happy and uh, that's what definitely want because uh, the staying determined for 5 years is difficult but it's important in order to complete the phd so determination and perseverance are basically the key for research as career definitely so coming to the last and perhaps the most anticipated question do you have any suggestions for women all the women who want to make a career in tech 
Um, yes, I would say that uh, uh, do not think uh, this area is for men because um, you see more men in the field. Uh, just think about it that if you are best in uh, whatever you're doing in like particularly the technology field, if you are best at it, there will definitely be opportunities for you. Because uh, um, at the end, uh, whether you go into the academia, like you be want to become a professor in a particular field or you go into the industry, everyone just wants uh, whoever who does the work best so just focus on doing the whatever you're doing best and don't worry about uh, being biased based on your gender or age or anything um, I guess that's the most important advice I would get uh, give and uh, that's what works for most of the people for myself or others I have seen here whoever is best in their field they have done very well in whatever career they have chosen like i know a bengali girl i'm not sure about her background but she's now an assistant professor or even a full-time professor at mit uh, with her own research lab and everything um, and that's pretty rare for any um, bengali girl i have seen particularly bengali girl i'm saying because that but i mean uh, definitely even in the, among all the girls it's very rare for someone to start a new lab at such a young age she's not 30 also i guess and she's a full-time professor with her own lab and everything so uh, because her uh, like profile is super great she has like very good publications in conferences and journals and everything and there's no reason to bias against her because she's a girl so um that if you are good at um, what you are doing there will be no bias and there will all maybe there will be bias at maybe one company you apply to but uh, ultimately you will definitely get the best op opportunities your words have been extremely inspiring and quite enlightening as well. I mean, we have come to learn a lot from them. So as we have reached the conclusion of this question answer session, we would really like to thank you because today you have shared with us a knowledge and being a woman in tech, this is going to be so helpful for so many of us. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we definitely wish you all the best for all of your future endeavors. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you all.